In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, you heard Father Yoder's sermon in which he framed our entire discussion of stewardship with what it means to live a generous life with our time, our talents, and our treasures on the foundational premise that everything that we have comes from God. Our readings today continue our discussion and help guide us to two crucial questions on that journey. What has God done for you? How should we respond? The book of Deuteronomy is a record of the final instructions given to the Jewish people before they were to enter finally into the promised land, after 40 years of journeying through the wilderness. One of those instructions is in our passage today in which I summarize, when you enter the land and dwell in it, take of the first of the produce of the land and bring it to the priest. This is a commandment to bring an offering to God to be presented at his altar. What I want you to notice primarily, at least initially, is that the bulk of the instructions given in our reading today are about what the person who brings the thing is to say. They are to profess and recall that God has indeed fulfilled his promise to bring them into the land. And they are to recount the history of having been in Egypt, having been in bondage, having been delivered by the mighty hand of God and brought into that land. This was to be for them an act of worship in one full of joy, remembering what God had done for them. During their wilderness journey, there had been no offering. There had been no produce of the land. They were entirely dependent on the provision of manna or quail. But now, with the ability being given to them to make a living for themselves, they are told that they should remember their history to remember what God has done for them, and to give. What has God done for you? Remember our foundational tenet, all things come of thee, O Lord. How has God blessed you with your abilities, your family, your job, your health, all the other things about you? What is your personal story of salvation? How has God been at work in your life to deliver you from unfortunate circumstances or even your own errant decisions? Your own history, your relationship with God is the background for your own response. A small part of my own story has been an awareness of how God, with an invisible hand, kept and protected me from many potential bad influences as a young child. My parents divorced when I was seven. We moved to a lower income part of town. Within two blocks 
of what would have been a different school district that was actually much closer geographically to our home. By the grace of God, I was bussed over to the nicer side of town, away from the school in which drugs and other things ran rampant even in middle school. How my life might have been drastically different. It was an invisible hand. I surely didn't see it, and I certainly didn't recognize it as such at the time. But then we moved again, moved to a new state. Many of my friends who were in choir were Christian. One of them eventually asked me to start going to church with him, which is where I made my initial professions of faith in Jesus. That and other events are a part of my own story and testimony in which frame and shape my own response to God. You have your own story. With our own stories, we are then called to respond to God. I could be trite and say that we are to give ourselves entirely to God as a living sacrifice. That is true and it is scriptural, but perhaps not the most helpful thing to say this morning. Sometimes we need a little more of the nuts and bolts. Specifically regarding stewardship, our passages today give us further guidance. Remember when the passage from Deuteronomy started, it said, take of the first of the fruits of the land and bring them. If we recognize that everything comes from God, our response should be to give back to God first of what he has provided us. In a non-agricultural society, for most of us, this means responding with our earnings. Not after taxes, ideally, or after benefits, but truly a call to respond to God and put him first. I personally made a commitment to do that over 20 years ago, and it serves as the framework at the top line of my budget. But of course, there's a follow-up question Okay, if we give to God first, how much should we then give? For this, our gospel passage provides us a great way to think about it. Certainly most, if not all of us, have heard of the teaching of the tithe being an ideal 10%. That is maybe not a bad measure, but it's a little simplistic. Craig Blomberg, who's a theologian and professor that I know of, recently wrote an article in Christianity Today, in the pastor's edition, that challenges this simplistic tithing teaching for a more fulsome understanding, especially of New Testament passages like the one in our gospel today, that teach proportional giving. One of his very vivid examples was along this line. If we taught simply 10% and asked someone who made $20,000 a year to give 10%, that would be nigh impossible for them to live on. That would be an impossible ask. On the other hand, he says, asking 10% for someone who makes $200,000 a year may not make any significant change to their lifestyle or standard of living at all. Here enters our gospel. Sitting opposite the treasury, Jesus and his disciples 
watch as people put their money into the coffers of the temple. Quite a few large donations were made, but the one that captures Christ's attention, to which he calls his disciples and us to pay attention to, is that of the poor widow. Her farthing, her two mites, her quarter of a penny, more significant than every other gift, Jesus says. Why? Because it cost her something. Everyone else, Jesus says, gave out of their abundance. They had plenty enough to live on. Their gifts did not cause them to have to surrender much of anything to their living. But she gives up her living. It was sacrificial. She yet chose, in the midst of her poorness, to honor God's command to remember her own story and how God has been at work in her life and to give even just a little. So how then are you to respond to what God has done to you and for you? Whether your time, your talents, or your treasure, we should first set our sights on giving back to God. And of course, the New Testament, both here and elsewhere, teaches proportional giving. For some of you, even trying to give $5 a week might be nigh impossible. For others of you, you would need to have a pledge of five or six figures for it to impact your way of life in any significant way. As a parish, our rector has put forth the goal that over the next few years, he would like to see us slowly increase our outreach giving as a parish to the 10% mark. We're currently probably around one. It will take us some time, but that's where we want to go. We will need your help. So maybe you, like the church, if you haven't been giving much or much at all, start somewhere. Your mission that I leave you with, should you choose to accept it, is twofold. First, you need to take the time to recall for yourself your story of God, of how he has worked in your life, of what he has given you, of how he has led you, of your own story of salvation and deliverance. And with that in hand, then to prayerfully respond and consider how he is asking you to give to him the first of the fruits of your time, your talent, and your treasure. In closing, I simply want to say thank you to all of you who have given continue to give and will yet give to the life and mission of this parish in which we seek to glorify God, to praise his name daily, and to teach Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his coming again. It is only through you and your good graces that we are able to continue that mission. May we do it together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.